This week's episode of the Bench Time Podcast is brought to you by our patrons, and we have one new patron that we want to announce this week, Scott Horgan. So thank you, Scott, for becoming a patron. It is uh, much appreciated. Just like Scott and all of our other patrons, you now have access to our Overtime at the Bench episodes as well as our exclusive Overtime at the Bench Facebook page and group. So enjoy that, Scott. If you guys want to become a patron and get access to be able to ask questions like our patrons do to our show each week, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash hoscalecustoms or hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support. While we're at it, we also wanted to announce this week's contest winner. So Ron Piskel, you are this week's contest winner. He put a photo up of, it is an, currently an auction house, but would date back to its original use as a mill along Route 30. And I think it's in Pennsylvania. It's local to us. So that is an awesome picture, Ron. Congratulations again. You are this week's winner. So you get a kit from railroadkits.com from us, as well as an HO Scale Customs koozie. And we will be shipping that to you right away. So this week's contest, if you want the chance to win a railroadkits.com kit, you can enter by either putting a photo comment on this week's pin post or emailing a photo to podcast at hoscalecustoms.com of an unusual roof detail. So it can be any crazy unusual roof detail, whether it's on a model you've built or seen or on a real life building. So something that is just a unique roof feature. Uh, we want to see some photos of that. So you, again, you can put that on the photo comment of this week's pin post on our Facebook page, or you can email it to podcast at hoscalecustoms.com, and you'll be entered to win a kit from railroadkits.com. Now, let's get to what you've all been waiting for, and that is our interview with Doug Fiscali of FOS Scale Models about his limited run kit this year. So here we go. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to episode 83 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of HO Scale Customs. Um, this week, we kind of teased you guys last week. This week, we have uh, an awesome guest on. He's been on before, so uh, I want to welcome Doug Fiscali to our podcast again. So thanks for coming on, Doug. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, we have you on this week to talk about your new limited run kit. So if you guys are just catching up with our show now, Doug Fiscali uh, has FOS scale models. And last year we had you on to talk about all the things about your new limited run kit. So we have you back again this year to talk about Rust Rock Falls. And that is your HO scale limited run kit. Um, and it's a doozy. So um, yeah, thanks. thank you. It, I, I thought last year's was a doozy. And this, this year's is just as amazing. So and, and um, now we we can spill the beans a little bit because we were sworn to secrecy a yes. couple weeks ago when we went to visit Doug's shop, but uh, that we got to see it. Your water turned out amazing. And uh, <laughs> and and now we can say it, it. We truly saw it up close, and thank you for that, Doug. And it was, oh, um, sure. and it is it is exceptionally awesome. So you know? so let's actually. Um... Let's start. We'll just hand it off to you, Doug, and um, kind of yep. introduce your kit. I know uh, you probably have a lot to talk about it. I know the there's a nice, big, long description about it. So I kind of I'm interested in it. I know my dad's interested in it, and our patrons were asking some questions about um, your kind of the inspiration behind it and all that. So let's kind of start hearing okay. everything you have to talk about this kit because I'm intrigued. Okay. Um, well, first of all, it's, uh, it's a couple of buildings in one scene. Uh, there's a main mill, uh, it's kind of surrounded by, uh, waterfalls at one end. And then within this little town area, there's a gas station, there's a small little lunch shack, there's a dance hall and a company store. So it's kind of typical of a mill town, um, with the, the supporting businesses and stuff. Um, but it's for inspiration, it's a bunch of different things. Um, but it started with basically, uh, if, you, if you're looking at the kit, there's uh, a staircase that goes up to a door and then it goes down again. And it's just, I've seen it a couple of times in buildings where, where this, you know, one stair was built to go up, but then something got reconfigured in the building or got added on and the stair goes down. So that, that was basically the starting point. 
Um, it's, it's usually one little thing like that that starts, you know, an idea. Um, but then, you know, it becomes the thing where, well, what do you do with it and how do you expand it? And um, the setting itself uh, is based on a local uh, little feature here in a town called Norwich, Connecticut, uh, where a little bridge goes over a small river and then there's um, maybe maybe 100 feet of land, and then there's another bridge. So basically, it's, it's a little peninsula this road crosses, hmm. and there's a, factory, there's a factory on it. And, you know, you just go down, and there's tracks there, and, and just serving whatever this old factory used to be. So that was kind of like a place I could put my idea, you know, to say, I want to put it in something where there's a theme, and this, with this theme was this peninsula with the waterfalls. Um, and then, you know, a waterfall... Uh, by itself is interesting, but I thought two would be better, and then I managed to cram three in there because the <laughs> one side drops three times. So, um, so that was that was kind of the, the main pieces that went into it, and then the other buildings kind of follow. You know, well, what does the town need? It's a gas station. This and uh, has done a dance hall that's interesting. It's different. Um, so it's uh, so that's how these things evolved. And, and another big feature of the mill is this exterior elevator. Um, I see that. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of older mills, uh, a couple of them had this where they added it on after elevator technology happened. So you have the same kind of loft doors. You'd have, you know, in three, say you have three floors up and have a loft door. And usually you have a hoist with a pulley, and that would be the only way to get, you know, material and equipment up and down. But then the elevator gets invented, you know, late 1800s. Uh, and if you didn't have room inside your building, you put it outside. So it's this kind of rickety assembly of you know posts and some metal rail and it's uh it's not a typical elevator where you have four sides it's open air, it's an open, open air uh elevator so that was another interesting feature i wanted to stick in there nice and i did yeah, notice... mm-hmm. go ahead dad no i just said that that elevator is truly unique and it draws your eye right to that side of that building right off the bat it's, it's something that you don't i don't think i've ever seen it on any my railroad structure of any kind, not like that. I um, yeah, I love it. And I saw you had a kind of a photo reference of it on your Facebook page. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, there was an actual there's a mill. Uh, the building itself is still standing, but the elevator's gone. It's called the Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, um, which is outside Providence. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's a it's a big mill complex that they've preserved, and you can go visit and stuff. But they did have at one point, just like I modeled it, you know, this exterior kind of structure. And, it, and it, you know, it breaks down the – I talked about this probably on your show before where you, you at least need to give the, the bigger picture some scale, some re- frame of reference. You know, like a window, we know how big a window is and a door is. Mm-hmm. But now you've got this big, you know, sort of massive block of, of mill buildings, but then you've got the little intricate parts of the elevators that really kind of refines the scale and kind of gives you a reference point to theorize. Uh, to so it's kind of nice detail. I love it. And what's really cool is you have in your photo that giant monolithic building with a huge elevator beside it uh, and all the little parts right next to that little tiny um, sandwich shop, the little sandwich and, and uh, what's it called? Wally's Lunch. Yeah. Uh, so it's just neat how you have that contrasted. Um, and it just adds so much like scale. It, like you said, it adds to the... It adds to the scene and it adds to the, yeah. uh, you know, that building by itself wouldn't look as big if it wasn't surrounded by these smaller buildings. Yeah, um, it's kind of a, not a trick, but a reference I've always seen from when I went to high school. I went to high school on um, East 53rd, uh, 57th Street and 2nd Avenue and around the corner in Manhattan. There's uh, a building, that's, it's a, still there, it's a bar and restaurant called PJ Clark from the 1800s. It's a two-story brick building you know it's like a brownstone style building with a brick old cornice and stuff it's you know really classical but it's butted up against a 50-story black glass skyscraper hmm. so the scale the scale is insane i mean it, the, the difference you know of what this other building is it just makes this other building look really small so i kind of always like referencing that kind of idea you know, it's a big and a small i love and, it yeah uh, you know, yeah just to you know every building is the same size it's just kind of it's just kind of flat and boring. This is this is interesting to me. Yeah. It's um now the uh, the the structure, the main structure, uh, Porter 
uh, Porter and Arkwright textile company, that big building yep. has uh, it, the, uh, one of the things I don't think we talked about here was the roof lines. You have many different mm-hmm. roof lines on that. That's I mean, going to be fun to build. Mm-hmm. That roof line, yeah, <laughs> all those yeah. little, all those little gape. Oh my gosh, are they gables but, or? Yeah, they get the pointy parts of the, of the gables. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and not not all of the not all the walls of those roofs uh, or or sections of those buildings are made of the same. You know, they're not all uh, clapboard. I mean, you have you know several different styles of wood. You have a, at the very end on the far opposite end from where the elevator is. I see you have a building with um, it's it's up on I guess stilts of whatever, and then yep. it has the uh, it's that's all board by board, uh, a board by board build, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then that yeah, building actually it, looks like it. That building looks like it was just like an afterthought too, which is neat because it's just kind of stuck there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean they they you know they've extended or or expanded the building far as they could as far as the geography I and mean, you couldn't go any further without falling off the cliff you know yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that that last piece on the stilts and the, the concrete footings was kind of the, the key to the whole thing so i've been sketching everything else beside it to the right mm-hmm. for actually about 10 years now and i just couldn't figure out something that i liked <laughs> that just ended that part of the building and it was just letting it hang out in the air you know right um, so now now if somebody's going to buy this kit and they're going to, uh, you know, construct it and build it, um, and they want to kind of do it like you have with the falls and everything else. Is that do you do you give instruction on how that can be done, terrain wise? Yeah, yeah, and for just the overhang and stuff, there's a template to do all the timbers and the supports and and, right. and what height to put them at, uh, and then there'll be you know some sort of elevation with all the levels of foam. Because all this is built on the you know, like inch and a half foam, layer after layer, to get the different right. levels. Um, right. uh, so that will be in there. Yeah. Okay, then, that's, that's know, awesome. Yeah, and a lot of models will just model it flat, which could be interesting too. I mean, there's nothing sure. interesting in the roof line that it could be a, you know, even on a on a waterfront pier would be nice too. Which is one idea I'd played with, but I've done water, I've done the waterfront pier a few times, so I wanted to take a break from it. Well, one of the things I saw on it was concrete. Uh, in the in the foundation because some of it's pretty tall and uh, yeah. that's that's really cool. Well, I, I'm, I love doing concrete stuff, but but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's really impressive. That and I did not know that about these limited runs that you that you told how to build the terrain around it to get that that same look, which is which is really really cool. Yeah, I mean, we can go into detail about how they. Uh how to make the foundation yourself. Yep. A lot of models might not need it, so mm-hmm. it's not included, but we show you how to make it. And originally, I was going to you know, cast a bunch of walls for myself, quarter-inch concrete walls, and fit the footprint of the building. But it was easier to just trace the entire footprint and make uh, some foam core walls about an inch and a half high, and then fill the entire thing with plaster. So it's this big brick of a foundation. Um, it's one piece, and it was just easier to close. But sure. it's very simple to make. Cool. No. Brett? I'm, I'm just I'm just in awe at it still with um, <laughs> you're, looking are at you the photos. At, are you staring at pictures right now? I am. I'm okay. staring at pictures. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, um, I think I just I, – what I love about this is the fact that, um, you know, you've, you've captured a – it's such a I don't know how to word it. It's such a unique feel, as far as where it's uh, also backed up against uh, like some civil, not civil, but like uh, more civilian type buildings. So you have this industrial yeah. building, a textile company, um, big industrial looking building, and then backed up against it is like your. I love your the dance hall. The dance hall I was is what I was actually looking at um, whenever you guys caught me off guard here. The I was. <laughs> I was checking out the close-up you have of the door with Linden Hall and the the, uh-huh. e- the end where there's one whole wall sign and then there's the entrance. Um, I don't know that that scene right there. I'm just I kept looking at it because there's so much going on in that. Li- there's only one person in it, but there's so much to look at just in that little scene that uh, I, I I just 
was falling in love with that scene when you guys you guys caught me drifting off into a picture. <laughs> it's it's unique yeah. because no, you know you're not expecting a dance hall next to you know a, a textile mill. Yeah, and... but but it makes yeah. sense because it's it, it's kind of I mean. I, when you're younger or whatever, everyone's been to like a CD kind of uh, bar dancing, whatever karaoke type dumpy bar, and yeah. and this is kind of it kind of fits that you know there it's it's a a, a place you don't want to go at when you drive by during the day, but then at the night at night that's where everyone's going to hang out, kind of on the outskirts of town. It's a kind of a little hole in the wall mm. hangout. Well, and, and it would be a place yeah, where the mill workers would be able to go in the evening. There you go. Right. Yeah, I mean that's it's 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 pretty indicative of those old towns where you'd have a mill that supported the town and everyone kind of lived nearby. That's and I mean that's that's why these these mills I think look interesting. I mean if you think about it, they're they were made with the same materials that the house was made out of, right? Yeah. They're clapboard, they've got architectural windows. Right. Unlike today, where your house is still a house, but now a, a factory is just a big box with no windows or a few windows yeah. and. Right. You know, so it, it looked. That's why they're so interesting because they've got well, the same and, kind of architecture. And we, and you hit on it earlier. And what's really neat about it is, um, back in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, or you know, mid-century, a lot of these mm-hmm. towns were supported pretty much on an industry building. Um, totally, all were. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know, near us, near where we live, it, we have Steelton, uh, which is the outskirts of Harrisburg, and. It was a huge mm-hmm. steel mill, a Steelton. It's the name of the town. And uh, uh, when when the steel boom kind of collapsed in our in you know in the United States, and and then the steel mills kind of started to shutter up, Steelton kind of took a turn for the worse. And that's because the industries of these mid-century towns were just feeding the the local towns. Yeah. So it, it yeah. does make sense to have these little kind of um, establishments pop up around that business. Around the main, around yeah. the re, around the main income, uh, like the whatever the, the main hub of income. Yeah, I got you. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's neat. You've, uh, yeah. It's just neat. You've you've captured that scene of how um, the there is usually one main source of uh, commerce for a town yeah. back in the fifties and forties. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the dance hall was, you know, the disco or the club or the whatever <laughs> back then. Yeah. The well, disco. It was, it was. You know, just What's like last year when you did the terminal, <laughs> you had, it was a theme. And you had, uh, you know, we talked about that, different modes of transportation um, mm. all in one one block area. And it was so yeah. well, well put together. The same deal with this is in a different aspect is that, now you have the Rush Rock Falls uh, has uh, the the textile company, okay, the mill, but then it has a place in the evening for them to go, and it has an optional a lunch company shack. store. Well, the company store, which a lot of businesses or a lot of mills and things back then would have had a company store mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. for their employees to go in and buy, and then you know they're they're you know they're, they could put it on their own tab. And it was yeah. money, and then it, you know, it, it, it was a, it was kind of a racket in some place, in some yeah, ways. But that oh, was yeah, a, that was a times. Yeah. yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. But uh, you had that there, so it was all something that the company itself kept everybody close by in the town, available to work. But then you could go and take your wife out in the evening. You could go to the uh, to the, uh, the dance hall. You could go. Yeah, you take lunch at Wally's lunch on your lunch break. And you could, uh, I don't know about the garage, maybe get your car fixed so you can make it back <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's really cool. I, I think it has a theme to it. I don't know if you planned it that way, but, um, yeah, 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 yeah it was cool. So, um, uh, this is just a funny thing to point out. And, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. I just noticed it scrolling through the pictures again. Uh, there's a photo, Doug, of, the the company store and the dance hall and it's just the right and left side of the building and behind it you can see the mill and the, yeah. and the mill's blurry it actually from, this is just something i just noticed if you look at it quickly it looks like it looks like a church when you look straight through the uh the alleyway i just i don't know why oh, a little I, bit yeah i don't know why i picked up on it that way but i if you if you don't look at the towering building off to the left of it in the background it looks like a little uh uh-huh. 
like a little church building. And I don't know, it's just funny. It just it just yeah, struck me odd. The, the, the arch the arch window. In yeah. The Yep. Why? Anyways, yeah. irre- that, unrelated. Was, that was helpful. No, that was totally off. <laughs> it was like, listen, this is just my 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 rabbit brain going off into a different trail and uh, looking at all these different angles on this on this this build. Well, so uh, inspirations for this, Doug. Did you did you talk on on Facebook? You uh, put up two posts this last week. Um, one of a photo of a building. The Simon Pierce Glass Factory in Woodstock, oh, yeah. Vermont. Oh yeah, yeah, and and then of course the uh, Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and and then and, and you you could see the similarities in both, and how when you look at both the photos of the original buildings, how you got the design you had. What where did you find all that? Where did you find that inspiration? Um, well, the, the the Simon Pierce Factory we actually went to. We were up there for vacation for a weekend. You know, it was just a, a weekend trip, and we went to this glass factory that's still operational, and they make hand-blown glass and stuff, and the building's been there forever. And, and it's also right on a waterfall, you know, and uses the, the water power to, to power some of the machines and, and stuff. So it was, it was just this huge, dramatic scene, you know, but this water is raging, and you, there's a restaurant there. You could eat right above the stalls, and, you know. Um, and I, I always like things in the moment, the two small gables, mm-hmm. it's, you know, to me, to me, it's like, um, building gold and it's perfect for me. That's what I like. So yeah. I had to use it somewhere, you know? Oh, that's um, cool. That's a, that's yeah. a heck of a photo there. There's a lot going on architecturally. Um, and there's a lot of, I'm talking about the Simon Pierce uh, yeah, building. Yeah. That, yeah. There's a big arch and all the concrete down below. Well, and that dam, that is a monster damn in front of that building and there's that tunnel there's the tunnel that goes under i mean there's just so much to consume in that photo and and i'm sure when you see stuff like that your brain is just uh going crazy with ideas yeah i I could have cared less that they had blown glass and they did all this stuff in front of it i just wanted (laughs) to get outside and you know take pictures of the building uh and if you if you were to stand where those pictures are taken and turn around there's also a a uh, covered wooden bridge that goes over the, the deeper part of this gorge. It's really a gorge. Uh, oh. it's, a, it's a it's an amazing scene all around. So it's, uh, it's you know when you see something like that, you know you you can't leave without being affected by it. If, if this is what you're interested in, buildings and stuff, right. it, it, it'll stick with you and it will come out somewhat later. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that's awesome how you you've transformed that into. You know those two buildings, and then put it into that same type of setting. But did it in your own uh, way with the waterfalls. So yeah. yeah, in his own way, obviously. Yeah. You know, and um, it, it's just it's really neat. When we went up there and we saw uh, your build, uh, we got to uh-huh. see it. Uh, and you did not have the water done in the waterfalls yet. You just had no. It looked like uh, like canals. <laughs> like it was a it was a yeah. drought. I think I yeah. even yeah. asked if that was a canal. <laughs> I hated to even show it that way because I knew what I wanted it to look like and it hadn't looked like that yet. So <laughs> we didn't think that. for me to do that. I'll be honest with you. Um, oh my 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 uh, microphone was making. Are you there? Noise. Yeah, I am. My microphone was making a funny noise. Anyhow, um, but when I saw it without that water, you know, it it was still cool without the water. You we know, didn't yeah. see it the way it's you saw us. it, but it's like that with anything you work on. I mean, Plus when I have here, yeah. we see a lot of canals and stuff in Pennsylvania, and so we were thinking, oh, this is like this is like a canal type of thing. And then uh-huh. when I saw the actual photo that you put up the other week when you put it out, and I saw the waterfalls, I was like, oh man, you <laughs> hammered that one home because it was they were, they're, they're beautifully done. But uh, hey. yeah, it, it, it is. But it lends in that design, and now I know where your inspiration's from, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, when I settled on this whole waterfall thing, I knew if I did it, I would have to do a better waterfall than I had ever done before. So I had to find a really good technique. And you know, previously I would just take a piece, take take a piece of acetate, cut it to fit, and then you know, put some Mod Podge on it, and it always just looked like exactly what it's made of. It looks like a piece of acetate with Mod Podge on it. <laughs> so I, I've been looking around and looking around and found uh, there's an article in I think Great Model Railroads 2017 and it's about I think it's about 
uh, not the Sundance uh, that Dave Ravella has, but maybe the Muscat Ramble. And in it, he describes this waterfall technique. And I had to try it, and, it, and it's really great. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about it now or kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah go no, for it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, okay. we got all anyway, the time what, in the world. Okay, so what he does is he takes uh, two nails, hammers into a, into a board, and the, the nails are basically the distance of the drop of the waterfall. And he takes this thread called silky thread, which is thinner than a hair. I mean, it's, it's so thin you can barely see it. And, and it's clear also. So he, he wraps it around the two nails back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, almost to make a mesh, you know, with all these horizontal lines. You tie off the string and then take GE silicone or clear, clear silicone caulking and you just kind of smear it on with a, with a stick. And so one side will be pretty flat, but that'll be the back side of the waterfall. On the other side, you get all this, this kind of shape of, of waterfalling. Oh, but you also wow. get, but it's not. But you don't put it on completely, because you want to see these thin pieces of thread. Because sometimes you see just a stream of water that's so thin. You know, if you look at a water with a lot of horizontal, I'm sorry, vertical lines, uh, and then that, that's the whole. That's pretty much it. So then I to get the little curve off the ledge of the waterfall, I take a clear plastic cup and just cut like a quarter circle of the plastic cup, hot glue it to the edge. Right, so you've got to drop off your cliff, and then you cut out the, uh, once it's dried, you have this rubbery waterfall texture to work with. And then you kind of cut it to fit. I mean, you know, some of my waterfalls are straight, some they're a little narrower, so I had to play with it a little bit. I hot glued it to the acetate that's falling off the cliff a little further down because you don't want it to be straight, yet you want that curve. And then, uh, you know, tweak it a little bit, cut it with scissors, and then you can put some more gloss over it. You could use Envirotech Clear stuff to make it even more shiny. And then while it's wet, uh, take some polyester batting, which is the, the white stuff that's in pillows, mm -hmm. and you just kind of pull it apart. It's a very small amount, and while it's wet again, you just kind of stick it in there. And it kind of looks like that misty stuff that's at the bottom or you know wherever the water's got a lot of air in it. Right. Um, and then just you know add some ripples at the bottom with some Mod Podge and... and that's it. It's oh, wow. really simple. It's so yeah, simple. Yeah, it sounds so good. Yeah, and it looks fantastic. Uh, and I know I could, I, this is the first time I did it. I probably could do it better next time, so I'm going to try it again. So I can see where, <laughs> you know, I screwed up here and there. Um, but it's, it's it's a nice technique. And, oh, and, that's cool. You know, so it looks like yeah. you're going to have to, maybe Doug needs to make a video on that one, Brett. That's incredible, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just looking at it as you explain it, and, um, and, Man, now I mean, now that you explained how you did it, I can see what you're talking about. But if I mean, it it doesn't it, it that's amazing. We're gonna have to try that. I mean, I wish I had yeah. a waterfall hey, now. Brett, we we have room yeah. for a waterfall. I know where we can put one. So oh yeah. great. See what you've done now, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Look what you've done. No, you don't need a you need a big drop. You could do an inch and a half, an inch. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do a small. Even if it's something where it's um like a almost a reservoir in the city and it's just dropping off into the water into yeah. our yeah yeah we could do exactly. something cool yep. oh my yeah. gosh you've look what you've gotten us into yeah another <laughs> project another project yes i hope i live this long to make to do all these projects <laughs> yeah. Jeez. um so so now the other the other buildings that you have uh the Linden Hall Dance Hall. Where did you come up with that idea? We talked about the hall dance hall, but where where was that thought process? Um, it's not based on anything really, other than I mean, I did look at. I knew I wanted a dance hall per se. I couldn't find one that I liked or that was the right size, so I just kind of that one. I kind of wung it and made it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew I wanted something that was. Um, you know, you've got the the traditional building on the right, and then they probably added on, and I like the idea of a big sign. So I like to do a lot of signs and graphics and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's where yeah that 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 sign really grabs you when you see it, and uh, yeah. you know it's it's definitely something that you would. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of um, well, one of the kits I can never. I, I'll, I'll never be able to get now for whatever reason. It, it well, it is uh, your JJ Hollander 
uh, boxing. <laughs> it, it's oh, along boxing that same, game, yeah. yeah, it's along that lines, or or the one we <laughs> did build, which is the um, uh, shoot, the jazz club, that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I love I love those kind of buildings. That's that's so cool. Um, but yeah, the graphics that you do on them take up a large section of the wall, and uh, that's, that's. And I'm just I know we talked about this in the past, but I'm always. Um, because it's the line of work that I come from professionally outside of modeling. Uh, I'm always mm -hmm. intrigued by, and interested in the type, the typefaces that you use for, um, for your signs and different font styles that you're using, because it, it's, yeah. it's hard to get those right. And, yeah, um, that's true. It, it's a challenge. I, I mean, you've done an awesome job once again on your signs. Um, but the Saturday night dancing sign, that, that thing is, mm -hmm. You, you nailed it, but I'm sure even you have some troubles when you're before from the things that we don't see when you're trying to come up with designs. I'm sure I know I do when I'm oh, yeah. trying to pick fonts. So um, I, yep. we might have talked about yeah, this before, I mean, but can you kind of go into yeah. how you pick, how you go about your, um, your font selections? Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't want to make the mistake of choosing a modern typeface if you're modeling, you know, 1920s and 30s. Right. Um, you know, all the especially the script fonts are all, you know, originally they were done by hand, you know, but if you look at like some modern ones, it's pretty obvious they're done on a computer. And, you know, so it's a lot of it is just what looks right. And a lot of it is also comparing it to, um, you know, for example, if I had uh, like the Saturday night dancing sign, I'll look up, say, you know, vintage dancing sign and Google images and a sign will come up. Obviously it's not the one I want, but at least, you know, say it had the yellow on top or the black or whatever, I can I can kind of copy it and reference it. So I'm using the same the same method that they used when they made the sign. So I kind of mimic it as best I can. Right. Um, you know. Um, so it's it's really just you know there was there's sans serif type and there's serif type, right? Sans serif is the is the typeface like Helvetica mm -hmm. where it doesn't have the little little wisp at the end of each leg of letter and stuff. So most typefaces were serif typefaces. So you kind of do that. And if it was a sans serif typeface, it's simply just look for the, it's, it's a look, you know, um, it's hard to just, I know it's not a great example. Like, oh, it just got to look, it's got to look right. But it just, it just has no, to look I know right. what you mean. And, I... uh, and so just look at old posters. I mean, there's billions of them on the internet. Yeah, you know, I mean, vintage, vintage advertising, you'll get everything. So right. If you're listening to this podcast, to copy it. if you're yep. listening to this podcast, you've already have, you know how to Google things. So, um, yeah. I think Google, we talk about it all the time. Google images, you can find just anything you're looking for. Google is definitely the yeah. best thing at your fingertips. So I was just interested in your methodology by picking, uh, uh fonts yeah. because I, I, that's my, that's my background. And it, I, it always intrigues me looking at, your work and other people's work on how they choose fonts. And sometimes I'm sure you can pick it out too. Sometimes people really nail it. And then sometimes people put stuff out there and you're like, Ooh man, that font like, Ooh, it goes wrong badly. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not very subtle. It's pretty <laughs> obvious. Right. You know, and it's, and it's a shame when it's a great building, you know, someone will do a scratch or whatever, but then they'll type this out on Microsoft word, which is probably the worst thing to do type in. You know, because the spacing's wrong, the font is wrong, and font yeah. is wrong. Yeah. So it's, it's really good to look at some older stuff. I mean, you know, whatever. At least they're trying. Yeah. It's it's a start. Oh so. yeah, yeah. No, of course, of course. Uh, but um, but no, I'm but, with you. I'm with you. I'm like always, and I've always I've done a couple signs for some other people and other listeners, and uh, um, I enjoy helping people kind of pick the right fonts and get them just right and kind of match yeah. the style that they want because it, it's fun and, and when you see it on a model and it's done right it, uh -huh. it, then it looks outstanding but you just want to make sure yeah. you get that right and we talked yeah. about this last time last year uh, on on the terminal and it's the same thing i mean this is one of the things that makes your kits really unique is uh, amongst the many other things but um is yeah. your sign work i mean you're very selective on how you choose them, um, not yeah. just the signs itself. We talked about that. Your graphics for the big signs uh, for the businesses themselves are, are really cool because you design them. However, um, 
your other signs, just your advertising signs that you choose to include with kits is also very unique and well thought out. And, um, and they're very high quality um, graphics that you have that you include. They're not, these are really nice color quality, well printed signs that you get with the kit. Um, and you know, I'm talking about the signs like in, for example, I'm looking at a photo here now of one of your, um, it's a picket. Well, it's a wood plank fence, not a picket yeah. fence, a wood plank fence, a brown wood plank fence, and then you have a whole mess of signs on it, um, and they're just really well done, period, you know, period, correct signs. And then, um, but you, you know, one of the other cool featured signs that I see here is Wally's Lunch Spot, which has mm -hmm. a, a diamond shaped sign. It says Wally's Lunch Spot, and it's hanging off a pole, and it's just really. It's really a different style signs than I find in any other kit or kit manufacturer um, that we find with with Foscale models. And it's not just this limited run kit. It's just pretty much any kit that you seem to put out seem to have these types of of images and signs available uh, to to jazz up your your buildings. And uh, I just think that's really unique. But the, the Wally's lunch spot sign uh, is that's another one that you designed. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably looked at some, you know, I would type in Google, I would do yeah. uh, vintage luncheonette sign or vintage, uh, vintage food stand sign and mm -hmm. find a bunch of them. I probably saw the diamond one and just kind of changed it based on that, and, okay. you know, because there's, there's no reason why you should be just reinventing your own. Yeah. If it already happened in the 50s, 40s, 30s. It's already out there, so don't don't try to make it up yourself. There's no point. Right. There's no, and it's not going to be correct. So, right. There's nothing wrong with uh, copying yeah. what was done 50 years ago. You know. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's absolutely cool. It's like I said, it's something. It's it's definitely unique. And one of the things on your website, when you go to it, it says on the title of your website, you know, unique structures or new unique. Yeah, unique structures. Mm -hmm. And it is absolutely true because this is why. This is one of the reasons why they're unique. One of the things about that, since we're on the lunch on the lunch uh, thing now, um, the building, I've seen lots of little luncheonettes, and, and they're all really cool. I love little lunch stands. And I, I know you do, too, yeah. because I've seen you oh, put yeah. out a bunch of them. And, um, but this one is really entirely different because it's got this curved roof. <laughs> it's, it's a lot like Eleanor's. That I just that I did. Oh yeah, it's that classic diner shape, you know. Yeah. Shape like a rail car. Yeah, I love it. Except know. it's not as long. You know, it's, it's not like as chopped big. In a, no, it's, it's like a quarter length. Yeah. 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 There's probably just a grill back there and, a, and maybe a bathroom. So yeah. It's it. it's so cool. It's a, it's just really cool. And like Brett said earlier, it's it's one of those small structures that, as on its own, you would think, uh, you know. If you just got but, that, if you saw that online as just a single building kit. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. hang on. Let me step back for a second. That kit by its if that was just a kit by itself, you would see it online usually and just think, eh, like eh, whatever. That's that's a tiny one. I want to go for a bigger one. But right. two things. When it's combined in a setting like this, it makes it seem more relevant and it makes it seem bigger than what it really is. Yeah. And after yep. seeing George's layout the other month, um, I've had a whole I have a whole new outlook on tiny buildings. Um, yeah. When you when you see the book, when you when I don't, all I ever had to reference and I think I told you this when we visited and I'm not trying to get off the I'm not trying to get off the uh, talk of the Rust Rock Falls. I'll swing back, I promise. But when you see a small building like that, uh, it's easy to by itself overlook and uh, yeah with something like this and when you see other big layouts you see when they're done right these small buildings become huge whenever they're placed in the right spot so yeah. that's where i was just swinging it back around like that building has so much character even though it's just like a postage stamp on the diorama oh, yeah yeah i mean some, some of my buildings on Marcelio's layout are just that uh in his in the book that we all have on the layout um <laughs> there's there's a building that's you know, it's just a little gable roof with a little bump on the roof. It's yeah. along a fence. It's got a rusty car. But there's so much going on in, like, two-by-one-inch area. It's incredible. And this one's yeah. like that. And people that get this could also do more 
even than what is is already pictured and add some you know a couple benches around it or add to the scene to make it even more uh just more in depth and more like that corner that little corner lunch spot to catch your eye it's just a Mm -hmm. that's a cool building and uh i love it even more now that i did eleanor's because that 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 building and the building behind it kind of both have things that eleanor's quick lunch did so uh yeah yeah the that'll be fun that that looks like a lot of fun that little corner yeah, and, you know, it's got a lot of color to it, you know, where the mill is kind of just white and black and gray. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this splash because you've got the, the soda signs and the, the striped awning and, you know, it's just, it's just a little pop. It's got, the, it's got the uh, post with the signs on the post. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like, Doug said, like Doug said, it pops. Yeah. It pops off that white when you're sitting there. there. All that red on that corner yeah. is is, yeah. is a is a focal point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely cool, definitely cool. And, and like I said, I, I wasn't trying to say because it's a small structure, <laughs> it's not interesting. It's very interesting because it makes it more um, interesting. I love the I love the arched roof like that. You don't see that on a lot of buildings or kits. But then of course, um, it's um, it, it's just it it's perfect because you can sit it in a little tiny spot. And if you wanted to put it in other places on the same diorama. You would have no trouble fitting that in other locations and such instead of that yeah. corner, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, it started off, with, if you're looking at the pictures, there's the, the double-sided billboard across the street from the mill, mm-hmm. um, which is about the same, like, lot size. And I had it there. It just didn't look right. So it's kind of, you know, it, it, it will go just about anywhere. So yeah. Oh, so the, the billboard comes it with it? The billboard comes with it, yeah. And oh, cool. The two road, the two road bridges. There's the concrete bridge and the uh-huh. steel lattice bridge. Yes. And then, and the third bridge also comes with it. Is the one in that alleyway that you oh, wow. saw that goes between the two buildings. It's got oh, the steel so arch. Cool. The railing, so you're getting you know. three bridges with that. I didn't even consider that. So yeah. yeah, wow. So this is this is pretty, this is pretty something else. I mean, yeah, I mean, I usually the, something something like the bridges wouldn't be included, but when I did it, I just, I liked it so much. I, I'm hoping someone will do the same kind of, you know, don't want to do the same kind of scene somewhere. I, I really like the walking bridge between the two buildings because um, I think that's also something that we don't necessarily think about quite often. I don't think about quite often. I think about road bridges and railroad bridges, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't think about pedestrian bridges very much. And uh, yeah. And that's something really unique. Uh, maybe we need to cut a little, uh, <laughs> a little uh, mid midway through the city, Dad. We need to cut a little reservoir or a little canal kind of thing like this because uh, do that. pedestrian bridges are neat. This, and and this is a cool. It's just a cool concept you don't see very often. Pedestrian bridges. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the canal here, it's, it's narrowest point, an inch, inch and a half wide, so it's easy to fit in just about anywhere. Yeah, you know? it doesn't take up much room um, if you already have a plan for a city. It's not that wide. Right. Yeah, just an alleyway, you yep. know, with this water. So. so you're getting a really unique, um, it's it's a unique billboard as well, because you don't see them shaped quite like that. Uh, in, mm. I don't see, I've never seen anything like that in kits. But then you get the bridges as well, so you got three bridges, the uh, and of course the the billboard. So you're getting that aside from the structures itself, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's 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 awesome. And these are the little extra pieces and stuff that make these things, these limited run kits, uh, very very special. Um, you know, well, the, the wood the wood doors on the front of Linden Hall are are just awesome. They're all laser cut, Doug. Yeah, it's just two layers, you know, with the with the arch behind it and, and the yeah. panels on the front. Yeah. Now that's a new style door I've not seen. I mean, you offer on your website, you offer some some laser cut garage doors and things like that. But I've mm-hmm. not seen that particular door. That's really really cool. Is that a new design that you just did, or? Um, I might have used it on the walk apartments too. I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get over there to look at it, but. But, I might have used it once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just really. It's, I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, but um, so let's kind of wrap back around to the uh, the whole build as a complete thing. So when when someone orders 
one of your limited run kits or this year's mm-hmm. limited run kit if they've never ordered one before um when they order rust rock falls what can they expect um what's the what can they expect when they get it i know there's a there's obviously a time constraint here because they're going to order it now and kind of reserve yep. their spot to get it whenever you right. create them because you're going to be making them after you know how many you have to make but um what is the like when someone gets it in the mail they finally get the kit because we've done it we've opened it up and looked at last year's um yeah and it's pretty it's pretty awesome when you get them so what when someone orders one if they've never bought one of your limited ride kits before what can they expect um well they'll they'll get all the parts you need for the structures um all the walls are laser cut they're generally clapboard or board pattern or scribed wood and um you know there's a set of instructions that go with it and and with that are diagrams to show you how to place the walls how to do corner trim um you know uh there's there's wall plans so you can kind of you'll you're step by step with along the photos of how to assemble the building because sometimes it's not just four walls you know, with all the intricate bump outs, there's certain things you got to do first before you do other parts. Right. So all that is in the, in the instructions. Um, there'll be a site plan, um, and all the the windows, uh, most of the windows rather, are plastic from from Tishy. Um, the doors are, are a combination of plastic and laser cut. Um, all the all the roof cards, laser cut. You know, if it's a gable roof, it's scribed down the middle. But all you have to do is bend it to fit the shape. Um, there are there's rolled roofing paper. There's uh, straight cut laser, uh, laser cut shingles. There's diamond shingles. Um, there's a lot of roofing material and different types of roofing yeah, material with this kit. Car- corrugated metal roofing. Um, well, we use the paper version of it, but to appear like corrugated metal. Um, you know, and there's there's a couple of there's that staircase, that exterior staircase. Mm-hmm on the side which is like a, like a fire escape staircase. yeah it goes down but up and down both sides and then it has a walkway yeah. out along that's awesome yeah yeah uh, and then there's all the metal castings so you know the chimneys and the vents and stuff um we don't know how to paint those and of course like we, we talked about all the signage is in there um some of it's you know posters some of it's the billboard some of it's um sign that's supposed to appear painted on the building like the name of the building that gets you know, paint looks like it's painted directly on the clapboard. We tell you how to do that, mm-hmm. um, and we go through all the scenery and 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 how to do the different levels with the, the waterfall. So, right. I uh, think that's probably one of the. Of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of parts. Uh, you know, a lot of modelers might. You know, if you're a beginner, you're intimidated by all these parts. But when you really look at it, it's the same thing as if you built a, a one-car garage kit. You know, it's yeah. just more of the same thing. It's still yeah. clapboard walls. You still have to brace it. It's just more of it, more corner trim, more windows. I feel like um, so I feel, and you bring, you just brought up a good point. And I didn't mean to take you aside from what you were talking about, but uh, a lot of people probably look at this kit who haven't built something of this size before. Um, now we have a lot of a really accomplished modelers that listen, but at the same time, I know we have a lot of modelers that. Um, would Just probably started. Not, have not done as kit to this scale. So when you look at yeah. this, it's easy to get overwhelmed. And you just brought up oh, a yeah. good you brought up a good point. If you've built a few craftsman kits that are just kind of the rectangle or the square, or maybe they have a couple bump outs here and there, um, you have the fundamentals to really do any of these kits. You just mm-hmm. have to break it down into uh, smaller builds one at a time, and then you have this big colossal build. Um, yeah. So you brought up a good point. Anyone that has the fundamentals of doing a, a square garage or something has the ability to do this as long as they follow what you tell them to in the instructions and they just take their time and kind of digest it in small bites. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty much it. It's taking your time, being patient. Um, you know, let something dry, move on to the next thing. You're not going to get all the walls up in one in one thing or <laughs> one batch of 15 I mean it stuff has to dry otherwise you, right you know, it's not a one night project frustrated. no no it is many many nights but many satisfying nights because yeah. as you go you know two nights later like oh, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this so right and um, you actually yeah. I wanted to I wanted to kind of um, help this be an easier thing for people to think about when they see a kit like this i saw an article Mm. from a different podcast um i think it was a scale modelers podcast they're over in uk 
they put an article up about buying hobby kits that are expensive. Um, and this is perfect. This is a perfect. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll probably share it. I'll share it on our Facebook page so everyone everyone can read it. But if you take the amount of money that you spend on a kit like this or any of your bigger kits or any bigger kit that exists really, but we'll just talk about this one for, for tonight. Um, yes, it's $375. Um, but if you divide that out by the number of hours that you're going to spend working on a kit like this, it is divided by the number of hours that you're going to work on it. It's probably cheaper than any other t form of entertainment that you can uh, go out and enjoy. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Uh, you yeah. know, you, if you pay 20 bucks to go to the movies, you're spending more per hour than you are working on a big kit like this because you're going to get hours of enjoyment and hours of pleasure out of something like this. So, yeah, I went to the movies on Saturday <laughs> and I bought po one popcorn and one soda. You could have bought a quarter of this kit already. And, and it, was, it was $15 yeah. for, just for that. And then, oh, it was ridiculous. But I just wanted to bring that up because people see stuff like this and I think they think that it's, uh, well, I mean, it is, it is an investment, but, um, you know, if you divide it out by the number of uh, the amount of time that you're going to be spending working on this and enjoying building something that's mm -hmm. going to last you on your layout forever, uh, it really doesn't cost that much when you think about it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you do get a lot out of it. Um, you're also, you know, and this is what I got out of building George Selios's Plantcom Miniatures kit. And yeah. I mean, every kid's a, a learning experience. It's like going to school. Yeah. And. Um, that in itself to me is, is, is priceless when I was building his kids. So it was worth every penny to me. Definitely. Um, and, you know, as far as other things in the hobby, I mean, there's the new uh, Haven EP5 locomotive uh, out, and it's, I think it's 425 bucks. And that's just one locomotive. You don't even get to build it. I mean, it's, you just stick it there, and there it is. You know? Yeah. So for, for, yeah, so I always think there's, there's a lot of value there. Beyond the actual kit itself, but there is there's the enjoyment right. and the learning and everything that yeah. comes with it. So, um, yeah. Now, now, and, how, and you get so, to brag. So how the, okay, go ahead. I was, Brett. I was just gonna say, and you get to brag that you built the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> always fun. <laughs> but it's, so, it's fun to share with someone though. I mean, if you if you have mom or friend, which most likely you do. Yeah. You know, it's always great to see all of your work and all you do, and then and then of course you're gonna learn from. From everybody who does you know something different than you so right. and that's how we've all gotten better and better over time so right absolutely happen without doing that so so doug um this this is going to be available or shipped out when do you expect it to be shipped out uh end of september end of september and yep. if you go to your if you go to foskillmodels.com uh you will I was there earlier this afternoon, and um, there are three different. You can order it from you know. There's three different ways to do it. So it's not just for the United States. There's shipping for Canada, and can you explain all your shipping processes and for everybody yeah. out there? Because we have listeners just, all over uh, the world. There's, yep, there's different shipping rates, of course, for different places. And the easiest way on our particular website is just pick the one that's for you. If it's in the U.S., it says U.S. order only, Canada only, international only. So those are the three choices, and uh, you'll, you'll get the right shipping on there. Right. Very cool. Okay. So, yeah, it makes it very easy for them uh, when they arrive to your site where they can find out how, how to get it and where they're from. And so that's, that's yeah. awesome. I know we have listeners all over because I've shipped uh, prize-winning kits now to Australia and Canada and and all mm -hmm. over the country now. So uh, there's there's no reason that um, you can't get this kit pretty much anywhere now. So, right. Yeah. So, um, and so as you said, the end of September, and you, there's only how many of these are going to be made? Uh, it's a run of 200. Um, uh, one of 200. We're past 150 already, so it's going pretty quick. Oh, my word. Um, oh, my word. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't, don't want to miss it. Don't yeah. Miss it. Yeah, you jump know, on it now, people. They, yeah, I mean, you know, you know what they are on eBay. They're two, two times the price or more, and it's kind yeah. of crazy. So, don't. Yeah, don't it's get insane. Mad. Yeah, if you miss yeah. out, you uh, you pay a hundred or hundred fifty dollars more or, or more At than least. that uh, yeah. on eBay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it is it is an awesome kit, uh, and and thank you, man. I just 
I can't stop looking at these pictures. I've been scrolling through this whole time looking at these photos we did, of it. We did the same thing last year. We were saying the same things. Oh, it's true, can't though. Stop I mean, looking at it. It's, you can't. It's true. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, you're, you're, you're not saying what I say, which is, what the hell am I going to do next year? <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, I know. So, well, well, when we were up there and we talked with you, um, you, were, you I remember asking you that, you know, when this is done, you yeah. said there's usually, you know, a little bit of time and then you're already, you know, you're already when, starting to think about the next one uh, yeah. pretty much when you, you wrap up the first one. Yeah. I mean, I have an idea, but I don't have any of the details flushed out. And, right. You know, so mostly all, all in my head at this point, but, uh, and I got to focus on getting this produced until I really sit down with a pencil and right. computer right. and all that. Frank Varga probably ordered like three of these and he's got like some monstrosity. <laughs> he's going to well, build it. it. We're going to finally, I, we're going to finally get to it, Brett. What, Frank will it? be done and it'll be some, and you're going to go, oh man, how, how are we going to, how are we gonna do that? Wasn't you know? Frank, uh, his, his, yeah. is, his is gonna be three times as long. The waterfall will be down to the floor, <laughs> and uh, the, all the illuminated. Move, the boat on the bottom will move, and it'll lit up. Um, no. I, no. Wasn't Frank no, last yeah. year? Wasn't Frank order? He was either ordering it when his plane landed, or something about his honeymoon or whatever he was some trip they were yeah, on he was coming back from his honeymoon yeah. and he just landed and he had an order right away got on the phone and ordered it right away. well he got online and ordered it right away dedicated right there yeah but uh so <laughs> no, he's his own thing he's gonna make some crazy monstrosity I'm sure so yeah, that's uh, cool so so that's it that's it that's the cool thing everybody that wants to get one every there's all different now, levels of modelers are gonna be able to enjoy this in their own way right yeah and cool and just to kind of reaffirm or re-hit this topic real quick the garage is the add-on correct no the company store is the, the companies add-on. i'm so sorry the company store is the add-on so if yeah, anyone the, is the listening included, the dance hall included the lunch yes. shack is included we didn't even talk yeah. about the garage that's a really cool stucco building yeah that you, that you built and uh oh, thanks and it's it's not it's not over it's not like a it's a garage you know it's a, it's a garage but because of that stucco that you added it makes mm-hmm. it look like a it, it's a unique garage it's not you don't see everybody's either doing cinder block or they're yeah. doing oh, platform, I, see. You know? I was i was trying and, to figure uh, out where on your diorama that you made the garage set and it's across the street from the lunch the little wally's lunch yeah, it's literally in the corner there. It's yeah. Right up against the edge of the diorama. I was trying to find it, and there's one photo shooting straight down the canal, looking at the um, the man, the per, the per, uh, the man bridge, and it's uh, way down there in the end. And that's how I figured out where it was. I was trying to figure out where you had that set in, uh, on the I, compared to the rest of it. I think for the whole for the whole scene, it's every it's every small town or big town outside of that big town. Yep. Um, yeah. Has a stru- has a main mill or a structure, something along that lines. We have many of them around here, Brett. I can think of the ones in uh, There's Mount one a quarter Ollie. mile from my house. Yeah, and and you know that are older like that, but they're still they're still using them, you know. And um, yeah, it's it, so it, it this doesn't have to be an older era. This can be any era. This this particular building, Absolutely. or any of these buildings. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I would love to see the main mill on a waterfront pier, or a harbor, you know, with oh, yeah. pilings, and I think it would look great. And that would look water, too. huge too if you had the, uh, if you put that up on a little uh, pier with some pilings yeah. compared to the water level, yep. the top of that building would just be towering over the water. Yeah, we got a whole, we have a whole long stretch along the along that harbor on the back. I know. We have nothing on. I know. I know. We got a lot of we got a lot of waterfront. We got a lot of waterfront. <laughs> so okay, cool. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Well, thanks, thanks again, Doug. For well, no, another it is good because sure. no, it's good because we um we need to fill that waterfront up. That thing is we a monstrosity. So now what we got the waterfalls. We got this thing, and then <laughs> and uh, and then what was the first thing at the beginning of the podcast we were going to try and do? Oh, I forget. Brett? Oh, uh, it'll come remember. to us. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> the uh, I think we covered pretty much the gist of the kit. I mean, did you have anything you wanted to add here, Doug? Um, no, I think that's it. Okay, I think that is it. Yeah. I, well, you. once again, you've knocked this kit out of the park. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I mean, I expected nothing less, but, uh, and I'm sure you see, you know, you see the other side of it, but we see, we see just an extraordinary kit. So this one is awesome Thank once you. again, and uh, I'm excited to see other people one. building it. Okay. I will add one more thing. Um, I know I said before, you know, about layering and stuff and, yeah. and use multiple uh, types of scenery products. And I usually use like five to seven, and, yeah. and it looks great. And the more you use, the better. This one, I, I probably used 24 different kinds of vegetation, and it makes such a difference. Yeah, I know that's oh, yeah. a lot to stock in your in your you know at your workbench, but mm-hmm. you know again, if you look outside, that's what's out there, and it just it made all the difference uh, for the scenery part of it. Um, it just comes alive more. I don't know why, but it just it looks more realistic. Yep, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think I think any modeler that wants to get better and improve is going to want to try all of that, you know, and add all yeah. those different layers that you have, which is which is really cool. I mean, I, I do have one more question, Doug. Yeah, and it's not about the kit, but it's about something I found on the kit or I see on the kit. Uh-huh. Did you yeah. paint your people? Um, I did not paint the people, but I might paint the shirt or a hat. Okay. You know, sometimes sometimes the character figures have blue pants and a blue shirt, and that kind of looks weird. Yeah, well, yeah, they look like you they're know, wearing they're, a onesie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> suspenders, but the shirt's the same color, so I'll just hit the, hit the shirt real quick. Gotcha, um, okay. In a couple of places. I was, just, I was just wondering, because uh, we asked George, and he doesn't, he buys them all. So he's like, why would I waste my time painting them when I could just be working on buildings? I buy them painted. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I tried it. I'm good at it, and I don't enjoy it at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like building those Jordan car kits. I, I gotta, you know, I sit on a fork and uh, yeah. do that. So. I just had to ask. I just I was looking at a couple of people, and I'm like, they look like they're painted. George uh, doesn't build the cars anymore. Freaking Dan Dan builds all his cars. Dan came in and he handed him all like I don't know how many cars. He goes, here you go. <laughs> well, you know, half the cars of my dioramas are from Dan too. So. Uh, well, he doesn't. Uh, he's. I mean, he's he's the car guy. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. look fantastic. And yeah. that so. Side I'm like it's the thinnest little stem of whatever. Yeah, well, we. When we were touring, when we were taking the tour up there and, and visiting uh, the, the George's layout, um, I had Dan was there with us, of course, and um, he, I, I had him spend like the like fifteen solid minutes showing me every car he built on the <laughs> It was really cool, and uh, yeah. there's quite a few of them. They're gorgeous. They're definitely oh, yeah. Well done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's 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 great. I mean, if there's anything else we need, we're well, we skipping we, here. We're talking about it. We have one question from a patron. Oh yeah, yeah, question. Um, okay. Yeah, well, our... I got I got one too. Then, so go ahead. Okay. One patron had a question. Um, it was Dan Pugach, and Dan wanted to know. Um, are there any specific specs that you go, that you always go for with your limited run builds? Um, for instance, do you try to fill a certain size, uh, amount of buildings, or an average time for people to assemble? I know that one's probably very variable based on the person, but is there kind of some minimums that you always try to reach when you're doing a, a, a limited run kit? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is the size. Um, you know, we're within the price point that I'm going at, but uh, usually I go a little too far and I probably put in too much. Um, which I usually do. There's a lot of kid in there, um, but I don't mind doing it because if it makes it look better, that's kind of what I do. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do a four foot long building, you know, because uh, it'll just be cost prohibitive. And you, you, most people won't fit it in their layout, you know. So it's got to be something that's manageable, um, you know, within a you know foot and a half long is the biggest building or you know whatever. Right. And if it is that big. If it is that big, can you take it and make two buildings out of it, or, or reconfigure it so you can fit it in something more compact? Right. So that's that's, that's pretty much kind of what I think about. It's you know, how else can you rearrange this? And you know, it's it's, it's a lot of real sometimes to to try to cram this stuff in there. So, um, and that's why the smaller buildings I like to do the smaller buildings with it because you can totally fit those anywhere. Um, you know, instead of rearranging things. 
Yeah, and, and like I said, if you have a layout, well, I didn't say it, but, but I'm thinking, and you said this last year when we were talking to you about uh, the terminal. If you have a layout and you don't have room for the entire um, limited run kit in one spot, there's no reason why you can't build all these buildings and put them in different areas of the layouts of the layout where they're not all together, where they could be with other other kits and other, you know, you know, it's obviously whatever you want to do, but you know, this these are all separate buildings, so you could put them in different places, uh, you know, to make them fit. So if you say, oh, I don't have enough room for this entire thing, where am I going to fit a footprint like that? But then. Yeah. You, but you, but I'd really like to have this building here. I could put this building over there on the other side, and this one down here. You would have all the structures. You know, you would just yeah. be breaking them apart. So, yeah. Sorry. That's why I'm, sorry. I'm anxious to see what Jason Jensen does with this because he's ordered one. Oh yeah. So, uh, assuming he's oh, yeah. it, changing something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's be fun to see. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I I was on the him today and uh, um we were he was talking about that he goes i can't wait uh i kind of leaked out that we're going to be talking to you and he's already, um, he's already he, building it in his head oh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> he, he's already got ideas and thoughts in his head sketching it out talking to it. Him. he called he called me at work today so yeah it was, uh, <laughs> he's all anxious to hear about uh, all about the kit so Good. this is uh this is wonderful so yeah. cool Yes, sir. Cool. Uh, the question I was going to have for him, oh, I'm holding yep, yep. until our special edition, uh, our little special edition. Uh, oh, well, that's already going to be, it. that's already going to have been listened to. So we're going to, um, right. If you are listening now, you've already heard my dad's question on Wednesday night. So right. uh, it's not from me. It's from somebody else, but yeah. Okay. Well, um, mm -hmm. are you talking about our, the toolbox talk? Toolbox talk. Yeah. Yep. We're yep. going to save it for that. Yeah. So you guys are listening now. You've probably heard that. So, uh, um, <laughs> Surprise ruined. Anyways, uh, <laughs> cool. Well, uh, again, everyone that's listening, if you want to get in, you said there's probably only about 50 left, Doug? Yeah, that's right. So if you guys want to get in on the limited uh, run kit, the Rust Rock Falls from FOS Scale Models, you can head on over to FOSScaleModels.com, and I'm not even going to have them search for it. I'm going to put the links to all three versions, the U.S., International, and Canada, in the show notes. So uh, all you have to do is scroll down and click on the link for wherever you live, and it'll take you right to the kit. Um, we have all the photos and descriptions for it also in our on our website in the show description. Um, if you want in, now's the time to do it because you only have a few more to go until you've sold out for the year. So... Um, if you haven't already, make sure you guys get in on this because it is going to be, uh, once again, a spectacular kit. And you don't, if, you, if you're thinking about getting it and you don't do it in time, you don't want to be looking at it from the other side of it back in, over here in September when everyone else is posting about it and uh, you didn't get yours in time. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you go to eBay and you end up crying. You've got to pay twice oh as much. Oh, my God. It's so, $600. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you want in and you were thinking about it and you were just on the fence, uh, now is the time to do it because who knows how many will be left by the time you right. guys even listen. So. Thank you, Doug. We appreciate that. Oh, thank you guys very much. Awesome. That, absolutely. Is there anything we're missing before we uh, wrap that up? That's it. I think we're good. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, guys, have an awesome weekend. Um, yes. If you were thinking about getting this kit and you were even on the fence, just go do it because we got the terminal last year as well, and you won't regret it. It is just awesome. Everyone we know that's built them loves them, so get on that and do it. Um, so have a great weekend, and uh, we hope everyone has a safe and happy week. Whatever I'm going to even say. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend.